Welcome to the Bitcoin Basics podcast with your hosts, Faris and Gordon from CoinCompass.com, enabling you to safely buy and securely store your Bitcoins. All resources are in the show notes and description, including our disclaimer. Visit BitcoinBasicsPodcast.com to subscribe and discover other free content. Hi, everyone. Welcome to part two of our Buying Bitcoin series. So in part one, we gave you a very, very brief summary of buying Bitcoin. This episode here, we're going to look at storing Bitcoin. And just a reminder, this is actually resource heavy, but we're going to keep this one short and sweet. And we will be linking all our notes and resources um, if you want to, and you should go into more detail. So I'm Ferris, and I'm here again with Gordon. Now, Gordon, how does one store Bitcoin? But before you do that, um, I want to you to tell our viewers and listeners, what is the difference between renting Bitcoin and buying Bitcoin? Mm. So just like um, you can store, for example, you can store gold, you can actually buy gold and you can keep it at home. So you could bury it in your backyard, you could put it in a safe. Um, you basically have access and you have control of that Bitcoin. Uh, renting, big, renting gold would be the same as, say, for example, buying gold and then leaving it with the gold dealer or leaving it with the shop that you bought it from. Why would you do that? I don't know. So the same thing with Bitcoin. You can rent Bitcoin, which is buying Bitcoin on an exchange, a popular exchange, and uh, you could just leave it there. But of course, you don't really own that Bitcoin. Why? Because that business or that company can basically do whatever they want with it. They could loan it out. They could uh, use it for their own capital or to run their own business, whatnot. And if they went bankrupt or they got hacked, then basically you've lost all your Bitcoin. So what do you do once you purchase Bitcoin on an exchange, Gordon? And it doesn't have to be a popular exchange. It can be any exchange. Yeah, so you've got to stop renting Bitcoin. Don't leave it on an exchange. You need to actually take what we call full custody, own your Bitcoin by withdrawing it from the exchange. And there are several solutions available. And uh, we, you could, for example, use something which is called a hardware wallet, which is like a, a little USB. You could use a piece of software on your mobile phone, a Bitcoin wallet on there. But the important part is you need to use some kind of Bitcoin wallet that you fully own and control. So the Vocabulary is what we call a non-custodial wallet, which means a third party is not in control of your Bitcoin. So essentially, when you buy Bitcoin on an exchange, the exchange has control of your private keys. And we won't go into detail explaining what private keys are, because, but we will provide a link to that. But it's something, if you're getting into Bitcoin, you will hear. So private keys is what allows you to control your Bitcoins. And if you're buying Bitcoins in exchange, the exchange has your private keys. You want to be in control of your private keys, and you can do so by moving them into a Bitcoin wallet. Um, do you recommend any particular wallets, be they, like you say, the um, hardware wallets, which is a USB, a mobile wallet, or a desktop wallet? Do you recommend any specific one? I do, and the annoying answer is it depends. Um, and before I get to that, the, the analogy of a Bitcoin wallet is basically a password manager. So a password manager sort of stores all your passwords. And that password manager might have really complicated passwords, very long, you know, 20 characters. You can't remember it, but basically that's what a password manager does for you. 
A Bitcoin wallet does the same thing. It generates Bitcoin addresses and it generates what Faris just mentioned, private keys. And those private keys are kind of like your passwords in order for you to spend your Bitcoin. So whether it's a mobile wallet or a hardware wallet, um, you need to use a, a wallet, Bitcoin wallet, that is like a password manager, but is what we call this non-custodial. So if you leave your Bitcoins on an exchange like Coinbase or Kraken or Bitstamp or any, basically any exchange, it's like storing your password manager with that business and they can actually have access to all your passwords. So that sounds insane. That sounds crazy. Why would you do that? But that's what you're doing when you're leaving Bitcoin on your exchanges. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. So many times people say, oh, Bitcoin was hacked. Bitcoin itself was not hacked. Exchanges get hacked. And if your Bitcoins or your Satoshis are on that exchange, you've lost them. So it wasn't the Bitcoin blockchain that was hacked. It was the exchange. And that's why we recommend and our business model is to help people have full custody of their own Bitcoins by getting your private keys off of exchanges and into these wallets. And as Gordon just said, these wallets depend on your usage. If you're moving your Bitcoins or Satoshis around on a daily basis, you'd look at a mobile wallet. If it's for long-term storage, you're looking at a hardware wallet. Um, is that fair to wrap it up that way, Gordon, to summarize it like that? Yeah, we've done many episodes on this and I'll link our series on wallets and also Bitcoin custody. But I would say as a general rule, uh, if you're looking at small amounts of money, like coffee money, just to sort of, um, you know, have a, like you normally would with your wallet, $20, $30, then a mobile wallet is fine. And actually a lot of the mobile wallets are non-custodial. So even though you've got $20 worth of Bitcoin or $50, um, that's safe and that's something that you control. So any... Um, non-custodial mobile wallet. And then I'd say the second thing or the second use case would be some kind of small investment. Now, I'm not going to give you a dollar amount or a Bitcoin amount because that's different to different people. $1,000 may be a small investment to some people, $10,000, $100,000 might be for others. But as far as said, I'd say hardware wallets are a good solution for that because they provide security, but they also provide the convenience and there are other solutions that are completely offline that you could argue are perhaps more secure, but they're certainly not uh, convenient. And then for a large investment, and again, that depends. Uh, I won't give it amount. You really need a custom solution. And there's no one size fits all. Um, we have mentioned in the past things like multi-sig, multi-signature, and uh, other things. And you need to consider all of that, including um, you know, estate planning and other kind of considerations as well. And that's where you need some sort of custom solution. It may be a combination of offline wallets, mobile wallets, hardware wallets, paper wallets, all kinds of stuff. And uh, that's where you need a custom solution. And then that's a plug for Coin Compass. And that's where, um, that's what we actually do. We provide custom Bitcoin solutions for people with a large investment or a considerable amount of Bitcoin that they want to store. Yeah, so that's a point I do want to reiterate, because if you're listening to this, we've thrown a lot of terminology at you and your head may be spinning right now. Uh, we will provide links to other podcasts and even and materials where you can understand this better. 
But the key thing to with Gordon, as he's saying, is it really depends on the individual. Is your Bitcoin a short-term speculative position or is it a long-term legacy um, Bitcoin that you're holding? And you know, if something ha- if you get hit by a bus, does your next of kin, does your lawyer know where to find your Bitcoin private keys and what to do with them? So it's something that needs a lot of planning and thought. And if you've already bought Bitcoin, you may not have considered this. So this is where our service has come in, as Gordon says. So Gordon, if people want to find out more about this part too, how to stop renting Bitcoin and actually store them, where do they go? Well, of course, they can always subscribe and like and share at BitcoinBasicsPodcast.com. But if you have a considerable or what you would consider a considerable investment, you really do need a custody solution for your Bitcoin. So head across to coincompass.com and contact us. And uh, Faris, I will not be linking uh, to different podcasts and their episodes. I'll be linking to our podcast and our episodes. And we actually (laughs) just did an episode with Anthony Park, New York attorney, where we actually went into estate planning and, you know, what happens to Bitcoin and that kind of thing. So, um, that's all I have, Faris. Any other thoughts or questions? No, not for me. So I certainly hope for our listeners that we've explained this succinctly. And as we said, there is a lot more detail provided. But if you just think, you know what, this is just too hard for me, contact us and we're here to help. See you in the next one. Thanks for watching or listening. Please visit coincompass.com free to register to our socials and discover other free content. Subscribing, liking, and following helps this content remain ad-free. Until next time.